It was completely unnecessary to kill that man. He was really nice. He was a sop. A hipster sop. <laughs> sacrifices I've had to make. What sacrifices? Children these days are really spoiled. Like, Mummy, I want a PlayStation. Mummy, I want you to kill that man. I don't want a new... I know you don't want a new daddy, but there was no possibility of that, so stop going on about it. He saw everything. I know he's a witness, but there's a chance he might not have told anyone. His name was Josh. No, you're right. No one called Josh is not going to tell the authorities. What's going on, everyone? I'm Heath. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to Host of Horrors, show where we discuss and review horror films based off of predetermined themes of the month. Jay. I continue to love your introductions. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, I, we, okay, I don't even know what to say about <laughs> this film we just watched. I'm not even gonna lie. This movie was a trip. It was like a fucking roller coaster of emotions for me. Man. Let me tell you, I'm glad I don't have a vagina. I don't I'm glad I don't have ovaries. Because I do not want I, I just don't want to go through this. I, I don't want to go through pregnancy. What, you like, don't want a little baby talking to your head no, telling you to kill people? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, so, so we just watched uh Alice Lowe written, directed, and starring vehicle uh Prevenge. My god. Yet another passion project, or you know what? I, I do want to know how people can just get so much money to do movies. Like, how an absolute fuck <laughs> did James Bond the third manage to get money to make Death by Temptation and to be able to just like not just write it, just not produce it, but also star in it? I don't know. This feels like this is the same case. Well, it's 2016, so it's probably in the world of crowdfunding and all of that, so maybe this was crowdfunded? Yeah. Oh, speaking of crowdfunding, have you been following Chris Stuckman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That he's, his, um, his film, his project, uh, Shelby Creek? I really wanted to don donate to it. Is it too late? No, it's still, from what I know, it still has at least maybe like two weeks left, maybe a little less than two weeks. But no, dude, it is the most funded uh, horror film on Kickstarter. What? 500,000. Wow. He has already gotten 500,000, which is mind-blowing for me as someone who wants to make a horror movie and watching someone that I have watched for years, someone who inspired me to even do something like this, actually make his passion project how he wants to make it. Without any meddling from the studio. Yeah, completely bypassing studios. I mean, he was only hoping for, like, maybe 200,000, maybe 500,000. And he still has two weeks to go. And you know what's funny? Like, horror movies are usually the cheapest to make. Yeah, well, nowadays, I mean, there's, a, like, there's places he wants to film that's going to cost a lot, lighting and everything. I mean... Even though horror movies are the cheapest to make, 500000 is not a lot to make a horror movie, or to make any kind of movie. It really isn't, especially if you're trying to get people paid and to just clear everything up from props to, to hell, even getting accounting done, it does cost a lot. Like, 
right now I'm actually working. I'm not okay. I'm like an office PA right now for a feature film that's being shot in the area, and I snuck at the budget. And my God, it's money. Yeah, like already spending basically like almost a hundred k on just housing alone, and <laughs> on top of paychecks. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> I'm working on a multi million dollar movie, and seeing people just be able to create and to make meaningful stories from just freaking less than a hundred thousand dollars that's wild to me like how people can do that like i think there's some films that were like made on less than 10k and they have like all the awards and i'm like bitch i wish that were me (laughs) (laughs) you know what they say i mean when you have a limited budget your creativity comes out more because you have to figure out how to make your idea come to life without the proper tools Mm -hmm. but yeah no there will be a link in the description to fund uh chris's uh passion project so yeah it from what i remember there's at least two weeks go go fund this movie because i really i want to see his i want to see what he's got man i I will definitely be buying that fucking movie. So, speaking of budgets, this movie was basically made on, I think it was like a hundred, not even a hundred thousand pounds, because it's a UK film. So, this budget was roughly $104,338.80, not really adjusted for inflation, because I'm too lazy and I don't know how to do math. So. Basically, we got a hunt this hundred k film, and not gonna lie, it shows. It does show. Um, it shows. There was certain limitations, but there were things. There were really gross things that happened that I feel like a lot of the money went to. Man, and <laughs> I, I kind of appreciate the grossness of it because I'm a gore candy kind of guy. But at the same time, I'm like, this was like not a good gross. This was. This was more, I don't know, disturbing and realistic gross. It was very realistic. So there's like brains on the floor the, and testicles falling out. There and is, you, you see a baby being uh, C, like C-sectioned out. It, 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 it feel, you know what? The part that grossed me out most was the was the basic like castration. No. And nothing else really grossed me out, but that did. No, see, that hurt me. What grossed me out is when Homeboy puked in his afro and then kissed oh, her. Oh my god. That fit. I was Men eating nuggets. Are fucking gross. I was eating nuggets at the time. I had to go put them down. <laughs> there is, okay. So. Did we already say the title of it? I think we yeah, said Yeah, we it. said the title of it. Once again, Prevenge. So, the title. And the poster gotta speak for itself. Like, you see what the movie's kind of gonna be about from just looking at the poster. But, boy, did I tell you, there's a lot more going on than this than I thought was going to. Like, I was about to, I thought it's gonna be like, oh, we're about to have, like, a horror, like, this kind of horror comedy about, like, this woman who's, uh, basically, like, her and her baby going on a rampage. But, like, yeah, she's slash, like, hack she's slash on some, uh, on some, uh, you know. Unborn stuff, yeah. Like it seems like randos at first. So basically, like the baby is telling her to kill people, and but there's this little mystery going on the entire time about like her husband. 
or her or significant guess- other at the time. And the further along the movie, you get these little subtle clues. And of course, like, you know, not even halfway through the movie, I knew what the twist was like, well, one of the twists. And yeah, so basically, like, her significant other went on a rock climbing trip with a bunch of other people. And something happened where either they had to cut the rope, and he had to die, or they were all going to die. So they made the hard decision to cut the rope, and he died. So the randos that you, yeah, and it shows it. Oh, he he died. But um, so the randos that you think she's just murdering because they're piece of shit pig men or you know fucking uh, degrading uh, women. You think they're randos at first, but then you realize, oh no, they're not. They were actually on that right rock climbing trip with her um uh, boyfriend at the time. Yeah, no. So, I really wasn't sure what the hell was going on with this film, like, starting out. I Yeah, it was just kind of, like, randos and stuff. But the more you kind of uncovered the mystery of this film, that's where it started to click. Yeah, because you, at first, it's like the fourth victim. You start to get a clue that they're all connected in some sort of way. So, like, the first guy is this exotic pet shop owner Mm. who speaks in innuendos everything he says is a sexual innuendo Mm. and she murders him so you're like okay yeah i get it second guy is that dan dude who was an absolute piece of shit dj dan like not if out of everybody who deserved to die he he deserved to die oh big time and also best death of the whole movie just saying yeah he's the one that gets castrated he got baby See, the thing about it is I wasn't I wasn't sure with the way that the kills were done. So, of course, when it comes to budget, the kills were done in a way where some sometimes you can tell, you can see the clear cut, sometimes you don't see the action. You see what could be the action. So, yeah, because you know, budget. It's almost always like she you hear the stab, but you focus on her face mm-hmm. and then it cuts to them bleeding to death. Yeah. So there were as much as the cinematography was giving indie student film, there were some pretty interesting shots that I really thought ended up like lended to the I guess wannabe art house feel of this film. I'm not gonna say it's art house, is but it does give indie. It it gives hardcore indie, especially the cinematography when it comes to and this actually bugged me the entire movie. <laughs> where like sometimes they would be in focus and then all of a sudden just blurry as fuck until they got back into focus bothered me the entire time see like Like, i said it was giving indie it was so atrocious atrocious when she walks into the apartment and like the door is perfectly clear then she walks in and everything's blurry and then it focuses back on her but then she takes like a step forward and then everything's blurry again i'm like oh my god please just stay in focus please i okay so Part of me feels like she got a group of friends together with maybe a couple of professionals and made a film. Because that focus pulling was amateur, but it's also like, okay, not even gonna lie, I do manual rack focus. So <laughs> I kind of know how to do rack focus, and it feels like the focus puller was trying 
to do it a, a certain way and it just did not work and it just took the best take of that so i'm like okay girl i get it but it doesn't excuse the fact that why in the hell is half of the shots of the film <laughs> close-ups of her and her victims there were that was the majority of the film was like it was you can tell it was mostly if not all handheld you can tell that it was a lot of it was close-ups or a lot like bus shots i'm like okay girl this is giving this is giving student film like first time filmmaker and i'm like girl i get it my film was this i'm not gonna say my film was the same way but you know it was a student film so mm. But but kudos on her because mm-hmm. she she filmed it when she was eight months pregnant. Um, yeah, that's she crazy. Got the premise from when she was pregnant and she wasn't getting hired for any acting gigs. So that's when she came up with the premise for the idea of the movie and wrote it in three and a half days. So this is what kills me: is okay. Sh- she wrote the film because she was pregnant. And she couldn't get any other job. That means within a, let's say, six-month period, period, um, she got financing and did this film. She basically wrote, produced, acted in, and basically released the film from the time that she was probably about maybe like three three or four months pregnant to when shooting, when she was eight-month pregnant. The baby could have came at literally any time. And I'm pretty sure, maybe he's a theory. I'm pretty sure that was her actual birth. I don't know. I don't, don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about it, but like, girl, budget. That could have been her <laughs> actual birth. So I'm just like, there's but a possibility. I'm just, I'm but just shocked I, at the commitment and the follow through of that. To get a movie like this, that it has become kind of sort of a cult classic. To get a movie like this made in the short amount of time that she did, fucking phenomenal. Oh, no, that's genius, baby. That's the power of the Passion Project. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know what kind of connection she had or what kind of, like, communication she gave for this film to be made. But the fact that she was able to make this film so quickly, relatively speaking, and for it to be as... The story was actually kind of compelling once you got to the like middle of the film. So like for as compelling as the film is, it, it's like you can tell that it was done. Not I'm not gonna say in a rush, but you can tell that it was done. It was written within like a week span. Like she just said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do it all." Like she took a weekend off from whatever she was doing to write a write a movie. And I'm like, I applaud you. Yeah. Well, I mean. Me personally, I wasn't compelled whatsoever until the end. Like it literally, like when she goes to kill her final victim, the uh, the climbing instructor. That was the only time I was compelled. The acting level went up like a hundred fucking percent for that scene, <laughs> and I felt all the emotions that she was throwing out, and I was like, "Damn, girl, all right." I think it was a buildup. I, I mean, like it really is. Mm-hmm. The entire movie is extremely bleak black humor and it i thought it was fucking hilarious <laughs> i i know you're not a fan of dry british comedy but i thought this was fucking hilarious there are some moments where i had a laugh but it's also like the subject matter 
I was like, with the subject matter at hand, I was like, okay, this is actually kind of funny. If this was marketed as a horror comedy, I just got more horror-ish than anything else. Because I'm not going to say if it was a horror, like, horror in the terms of, like, this is, like, very scary thing going on. But even though they tried to do that with the, fir- with the uh, first guy, like, you can tell that they're trying to put horror elements in there, and it didn't really work like that. I don't know. It's it's a horror movie through and through because she's basically a serial killer. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. It's like horror in the, like a loose term where it's just like, oh, it's a slasher. It's basically it's like a like a a British slasher comedy. Yeah, it's once again using horror as a backdrop to what the genre actually is. But that's that's horror. Like I. Horror is literally just a backdrop. Horror is never you like you never sit there and go, "Oh, yep, that's a through and through <laughs> horror movie." No, it's that's a haunted house movie. That's a cursed object movie. Oh, that's a fucking demon possession movie. There's always that's why there's so many subgenres of horror is because horror really is just a fucking term. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm I do overthink about this kind of stuff, so forgive me. So, <laughs> but no, really though, like I found myself because you know how i am about passion projects there's a little bit of charm to this film that i just really wasn't expecting and that's why i'm not so mad about the film because i'm gonna give it like this you made a film that's more than a lot of people can do and like i said you may not thought the story was compelling but i i found a little bit of charm in the story because this is a obviously a personal story mm-hmm. about grieving about loss about honestly coping so with all of that in mind it makes sense that this is a revenge film yeah <laughs> prevenge is literally in the title <laughs> so honestly this is a very original original concept that i feel like no one's really explored at all oh, so yeah. i really do like that yeah and i like the fact that um, Alice Lowe came up with the idea for not being not being able to land jobs solely because she was pregnant. It makes that scene at the lawyers uh, at, at the bureau where she was trying to get a job, and the lady was like, "Oh well, we're we're not going to be hiring you." And she goes, "Is it because I'm pregnant?" No, no, no. It's not because you're pregnant. It's because um, you're pregnant. Basically, she's like, "I mean, we." We've had to make a lot of cuts and just basically stepping over the fact that, yeah, we're not hiring because you're pregnant, which happens all the fucking time. And I'm not a woman. I don't identify as a woman. I do not have a vagina, nor can I get pregnant. So I can't really speak on the on all of like the different things about you know, being pregnant and trying to find work while pregnant. Especially here in America. Like, the UK kind of has it better <laughs> than we do when it comes to maternity leave. Like, most jobs, you get, like, six weeks and that's it. Maybe paid. Yeah, but, I mean, there's also so many stories out there that talking about how they literally got fired after being pregnant. And that's really fucked But But up. they didn't get fired because they were pregnant. It was for... Other, other reasons, reasons just like the fucking lawyer was trying to say so it's just really crappy to see what kind of this discrimination that 
pre- you know that pregnant woman can go through you know while trying to while being pregnant especially being technically widowed and being a single mother yeah no that's crazy and i appreciate this film more that i hear about what happens behind the scenes because you know this actually reminds me of a film prize film um best in show that jaya the lead actor she was pregnant so she oh, wrote okay the, yeah. yes i remember that one yes yeah so this kind of gives me the same energy of like oh i may be pregnant but that doesn't really mean shit i can still make a film i can still do what i need to do and in this case kill <laughs> to get it yeah and it it does kind of break my heart though whenever like she actually had the baby and nothing's wrong like <laughs> the way that she was making it sound like she was making it sound like that baby was gonna be like the antichrist and i'm what, like you hear the baby talk yeah the baby, baby was the antichrist the baby was the antichrist but it's like why but whenever but, the baby actually like you know came out and it's like a normal little baby it's just a like cute little baby too a cute little baby it just makes you wonder was she thinking all of this as a way to cope as a way to justify trying to kill him because oh the baby made me do it it's like i have it, it, it kind of makes you wonder what kind of mental and emotional trauma that she went through realizing not only that your you know your father died on the day that you know find out you're pregnant on the day that your father died but on top of that it feels like yeah it was a group decision but was it all it wasn't like a mutual decision was the real question well obviously not i mean if you're the one getting your fucking cord cut i I don't think he's going yeah it's okay guy well i mean he might you never know you never know because again the thing is is i i i get the the instructor's point like it was either sacrifice one person or kill 11 yeah so i get it you know sacrifice one to save all that was a decision that him as the leader of that expedition had to make and that death is now on his conscience but he would much rather have a single death on his conscience than 10 other so it's a it's a horrible fucking decision it really is and it, you did kill someone but you know and on the other hand, you know? So, I guess it also makes me wonder, like, was he in the wrong for putting that many people on a rope in the first place? But, no, no, no. He, like, he's it, a, it kind of makes you wonder, like, the no, all but, different things about it, though. But he's a successful instructor. This was the, uh, even in the newscast, this was the only accident that he has ever had. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's an everyday thing. It's not like he is a bad instructor. It's not like he is at fault for putting them at danger. They knew the risk. They signed the waivers. He has been leading a successful career. This was just a bad day. Yeah, a bad day can happen, but it's like, dang. Who would think that a bad day can lead to someone's life being taken? And it goes right back around whenever... You know, um, Ruth, or Claire, or Siobhan, <laughs> like, whenever she tries to basically, like, go for the last kill, I feel like there's a reason why 
he can like she can do it despite him technically being the mastermind quote unquote mastermind of her behind it all the one who basically called for it to happen the one whose death is on his hands and it goes around is like yeah basically if she goes through with it she like uh, her uh his i'm assuming his wife or his significant other is gonna be in the same exact situation so that part just it just makes you wonder why a life for a life yeah i mean why a life for a life i mean that should never be the option obviously like no matter how much hate you have in the world taking someone's life isn't gonna bring someone else's life back it's just not yeah the midwife did say that you know god that midwife was trying so hard for her to be like normal yeah to realize like hey you're normal and it just kind of it's like i just i wanted ruth i just want ruth to go to therapy i don't really because like obviously obviously like she was dealing with a lot of that unpacked trauma and then taking it out on the freaking lives that she took you know out of so-called revenge and my God, this film's making me think way more than I thought. <laughs> That's horror movies, man. Man, it is horror movies. Like, it's clever. Like, this film, as, you know, budgety as it is, is actually kind of clever when you think about it, when mm-hmm. it comes to its message. It may be a little bit sloppy at its times, but, hell, a film was made and a message was sent. Yeah, an- another thing I kind of want to touch on is what really, the reason I felt so compelled at the very end is when it's revealed that uh, Matt, her boyfriend or significant other, wh- mm-hmm. whatever he was, he was thinking about leaving Ruth. You it's know, revealed that he yeah. was thinking about leaving. So it comes into mind, okay, was A, was the baby actually talking to her? B, was it all in Ruth's head and she was doing it for uh, basically a revenge of a passion, uh, killing four in the namesake of Matt? Or was she the one being selfish, which is a huge message throughout the entire movie? The baby constantly talks about, oh, these all these people are just being selfish. They cut that line because they were being selfish, because they wanted to live with no concern for Matt's life. But... When you realize he was thinking about leaving her, was she just killing them to kill them because she wanted to? Coping, maybe. It could be another form of coping because who knew? That just kind of was kind of got thrown out at the last minute. It was just like, oh, I was not expecting that. I guess it's kind of one of those things where, oh, a baby can heal whatever wounds that we may have as in a relationship but i can tell you that based on you know other people's experiences that i've heard that's not always the case no sometimes it having a kid just pushes y'all further away and maybe that was kind of her way of being like oh i still have a piece of you with the baby but Maybe this could help things. Maybe this could. It, but not. It just it just makes it not. It, it just makes it not fair. 
Yeah, but it, that's not at all how it works most of the it time. It doesn't work especially like that, no. on, on the Especially in the movie that we'll be reviewing next week, it really hands... So, if th- it's actually a really good tie-in to this movie. Mm. If this movie is what could happen while you are pregnant, while you are expecting and you're trying to basically heal through the baby... The next movie we will be reviewing essentially shows when you have the baby, not always those wounds heal mm. and you begin to resent said child for Ooh, those wounds. child. <laughs> you know, this does bring me to one of the lights of the movie. Man, Josh. The really dare, nice guy. How dare this film makes me want to be like oh he could be like you know everything is fixed or like oh i can possibly start finally you know healing yeah i do no i do like they that they introduced an actual genuinely caring guy because every other they actually did that twice because even the rope instructor the climbing instructor Mm -hmm. was genuinely sweet so I do like the fact that they kind of showed men being pieces of shit at first, and then towards the end showed a little bit of, of compassion, kind, yeah, compassion mm-hmm. and kindness. But that leads us to the fourth kill, where we kind of realize something's going on that these randos aren't actually randos because she's there with Josh. They have a sweet, tender little moment, and uh, his roommate walks in, looks at Ruth, and goes, "Oh, it's you." So you automatically are like, okay, these aren't random people. What's going on here? Something's got to be up, man. And she kills, she kills homeboy, kills him, and then of course Josh sees all of it and is like, oh my god, what the hell's going on? And she's like, I'm so sorry, and kills him. (sighs) Feels bad about it, but had to kill him. You know what though? I feel like this film is possibly. A frame of reference for a promising young woman because that movie is a kind of sort of a, a revenge film in different ways but it all comes from like bad shit happening to people who you care about so man this could be a frame of reference for that film wow but speaking of frame of reference you know the movie that she was watching the, the black and white film with, like, the, the woman breaking through the glass and screaming and everything. It looks like an old Hammer film. It's it's not Hammer, because Hammer wasn't invented at the time, but it's a 1934 film called Crimes Without Passion. Oh, It kind of hammers home the... the I, so, if you knew that movie, which I didn't know the movie, unfortunately. I was like, I think I've seen that before, but what the fuck is the name of it? I read the name, and I was like, oh... I kind of see where this movie's going to go then. I feel like there are some good classic horror influence with some of the choices made in this film. So, yeah, it kind of Psycho meets Rosemary's Baby in a sense. We're yeah. like, got the voice in the head, but instead of the mom, it's the baby. Mm-hmm. And instead of it being a demonic possessed baby, you think it's a demonic de- demonic force of hell but no it ends up just being a cute little child and that voice in your head was just your own yeah that's crazy this film was actually just more like a little bit more clever than i thought especially when you think about the term cutting cutting the cord 
it's just like it brings a whole new term to it. Mm-hmm. Especially when you know you got to cut the cord on a baby, you cut the cord on life, cut the cord on saving an individual, cut the cord mm-hmm. on uh, letting go of the past, leave the past in the past. Cutting the cord on apparently budget cuts too. Like, there's a <laughs> lot of like references to cutting, which makes even more and more sense considering you know one she's pregnant, and two, this is like her being pregnant is like a part of the past that she's kind of had to deal with and live with. And now you never know; it may having the baby out in the open now may change things. No, but no, you never you saw that change anything. things as in like maybe there's a chance you can finally start healing from it. You saw the ending. Ruth left that poor little child, met old rock and climbing instructor, and pushed him off the cliff. I don't, but yeah, but I the way that this thing <laughs> freaking subverted that, I was like. This is gonna be postpartum depression all over. Like, <laughs> well, I was—I thought she was about to commit suicide. I thought she was gonna go see Matt. I and I was, was hoping like, that it wasn't gonna be like that. I mean, I—I I don't know. I was weird. I was like, okay. So at first, I was like, oh, she's gonna stick with the baby, and everything's gonna be all right. She's happy ending. I'm good with that. Then she leaves the baby and goes to the 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 rock set, and you know, puts the uh, picture down and sees Matt over there. I'm like. Oh, she's gonna commit suicide. You know, and I still like this ending. And then Matt turns into the rock instructor, and he's like, "The fuck you doing here?" And she does that scream from the movie, and it, it just cuts to black. I'm like, "She pushed his ass off." But you know what, though, I think I don't think he was surprised that he was there. It looks like he was almost like like surprised, but at the same time, like, "Huh, what you doing back here?" Instead of like, oh, what the fuck are you doing here? Kind of like that. I feel like it was more of a... Because he took her to the hospital. He knows she just had a baby. So it's like, what? Why? What? So why are you here? (laughs) That last... Man, that last cut, though. That that was a great... That was a great ending, though. Like... (laughs) I thought it was, because literally I had three endings for this movie in my head. Just go completely out the window. So, yeah, good job. Good job. So, shit. What is there to talk about with this film? The comedy. It's fucking hilarious. To you. Oh, I thought it was so good when, like, she's drinking, or not drinking, but drinking with Dan and <laughs> splashes the alcohol in Homeboy's face. That was, that was funny. The there whole, was a lot of good physical The whole humor. scene where it's, uh, she's about to kill, uh, what's her name, Lynn, the, oh, the exercise yeah. freak. And <laughs> she's like, she's standing there with a knife. Lynn's like, I've already called the cops. And she's like, okay, well, I need to do this quickly then. And Lynn just punches her in the nose. Ow. Can you stop? <laughs> Can you stop doing that? No, you're going to kill me. Punches her again. Would you please stop? And they just have a little conversation. <laughs> now, that's like, what British are you doing? Hum- now, that's British humor for you. <laughs> now, this movie's, this movie's fucking hilarious. And you know what, though? I feel like there were some classic cinema verite moments, too. Because especially when you go through the crowd and they're, like, looking at the camera. <laughs> 
I was like, oh my god, they must not know that the actual movie's being filmed. Or it's like, oh, it's, a, it's like, oh, it's a random camera. We're gonna just, like, say, ah! Then again, it I mean, was I during mean, Halloween, so it makes sense, but it's also, like, hilarious. Well, it definitely could have been that. They could have just, like, taken the camera out to the streets in London on Halloween, and it's just like, hey guys, do something for the camera real fast. I love shit like that, not even gonna lie. Like, I eat shit like that for breakfast. Cinema Verite is my shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when just things just happen naturally as they are, and they're not always, like, scripted. It's kind of like reality TV in a way. Yeah. I think Cinema Verite is a precursor to reality TV because you just, you put one stimulus into the environment and just see everything kind of go buck wild. Yeah, but, and of I like course, that a lot. of course, now all we have is reality TV. Mm. Not so much anymore. But, like, growing up, oh, it was bad. Well, I mean, we did grow up during the time during the Rider Strike. Still, though. It's... We grew up during the Rider Strike, so that's why we got so much reality TV. Because <sighs> we already had a good little bit. But so... that Rider Strike kind of fucked us up. That was so bad. Do you remember the Amish Mafia? The whole era a fucking... where Amish people just had TV shows left and right. But, like, all of it made sense, though. Yeah, Amish people going to work. Day in a life with an Amish guy. Hey, how do Amish carpenters do things? All that makes sense. The Amish fucking mafia. You mean to tell me you're going to make a show about people committing crimes, yet they don't get arrested? It's the same thing with fucking moonshiners. And, and it baffled me. It baffled me because at the time, they made Moonshiners. Moonshine was being sold in stores. So I knew, okay, it's not really technically illegal. It's just distributing it without like a label or something like that is illegal. Some, some bullshit like that. But here's the thing about the show because I watched one fucking episode to get like what, what's, what's, the, what's so cool about this, mo- this show? Why, why has it got like fucking eight seasons? What's going on here? They're filming the Moonshiners. Making the illegal product while also filming the cops trying to arrest the moonshiners. That doesn't make sense. That's Viceland for you. Doesn't make sense. That's Viceland for you. They don't make sense, but fuck reality TV, man. It's the pinnacle of reality TV, it's the pinnacle of journalism. Bite me on this one. Noah's good reality TV show alone. It it was good. You just fucking drop someone off in the middle of the woods and let them do their thing. Man, those motherfuckers go crazy after a while. I mean, shoot, I guess this will happen to um uh, almost the Alice Lowe. <laughs> Left her alone for three and a half days and revenge is what we got. Yes, you left her alone <laughs> with nothing but uh, like a freaking just, just anger, regret, and a baby bump. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and now look what happened. We have a very clever, we have a very scene budget where, movie. We have a scene where a testicle slips out of a ball sack. Man, mm. they... This is... This is what they meant when they said a, a, a classic budget horror film. And they you can just tell that they had a lot of fun. Oh yeah, no, you, you, can, tell. you can see they had a lot of fun with this. It, it's good. It was fun. It it looks like it was a lot of fun. Isn't the best. It's not the best movie, of course, but they you can tell they had a lot, a lot of fun. So that's kind of my my take on it. My shtick. Yeah, I mean, I know this is like probably our quickest review, but 
there's just not a lot of meat to this movie, unfortunately. Even though we've talked about, like, I feel like we've talked about quite a few things. And it you can get a lot from this movie. But at the same time, what you see is kind of what you get. It's straight to the point. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. You, We don't have to have all kinds of deep symbolism when it comes to horror and, you know, a lot of things like that. Like, we had a crap ton of that all the way before. Like, there was a lot of symbolism before, and then we got to Jennifer's body. <laughs> so now that was just me for 30 minutes oozing over the emo music we're just like going thinking one thing and prevent maybe go out on the other end thinking something completely different and you're just like oh yeah and, just, and i'm here for it yeah and just because we we didn't like focus or talk about it as much as other movies doesn't mean it's not good i still in thoroughly enjoyed this movie there's still a lot this movie offers. Like, it's kind of sort of fun. And if you just like horror without... It's like horror, but you don't have to think about it much. You don't have to think about this much to watch it. You get to enjoy it. And at face value, is the same as what you're going to get when you think about it a little bit more. And this could relate to, you know, to some people. Like, the deeper meanings of this film, there are a good deeper meaning of good deeper meanings of the film you just it doesn't necessarily relate to my experience but that doesn't devalue said experience yeah it's I mean, very niche for what this film is for i think i i still i still thoroughly enjoyed this movie i thought it was very i thought it was good it's it, it gives light camp light camp so i i uh, it goes a right in my alley too. So, final thoughts. I already gave my final thoughts. I, it was, oh, a, it was those... good. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. It, it's funny. I, I genuinely, I like British comedy. I like that dry, bleak kind of just not really overtly in your face, but subtle. You know, the the humor is in the uh, uh, commitment, the dialogue, and the performance itself. I that's I find that shit funny. So I like British comedies. This one was a pretty decent British comedy. I thought it was funny. The gore made me very squeamish, so I was very happy about that. The story's basic, to the point, not a whole lot of substance, not a whole lot of meat for me personally to grasp, but I still enjoyed it. There's not much to sink your teeth into, but it's nice and lean. Let's put it like that, it's nice and lean. I, I mean, I would give it a pretty... In the middle. Three stars. Mm, I give it about the same. Maybe a 2.9 because it's not my favorite. I'm just not a big fan of British comedy per se, but there's a, like I said, there's a certain charm and there's people who are going to understand the deeper meanings of the film and the baby, <laughs> the voice of the baby. Hmm. That baby voice was just is the best part of the film. It really was. Hands down. It really was. The fucker. <laughs> the baby <laughs> voice was amazing. That baby voice is fantastic. So, yeah. I would give this about a solid three myself. Mostly because it's... I'm not going to say it's mid. It's very average. It's very commitment. It's, it gives a, good, a lot of commitment to make an indie film. Especially for less than 100k. So... 
Yeah, and I, I respect that a lot. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think we're the target audience, so... Not it, even it, by it, the slightest. To me, it's the same thing with, like, Black Christmas. I can't review the, the newest uh, iteration of Black Christmas. Mm. I can't review Black Christmas and have my point being taken seriously, because I am not the target audience for that movie. Watch, you know, if you're the target audience, watch it for yourself. So, we're not the target audience for this movie, mm. so please... Check it out for yourself. You get your own opinion. Honestly, I for like a little British indie film, I think you should give it at least one watch. Oh yeah. So do the thing. Do the thing with the bell on the YouTubes. Oh yeah. Like, subscribe, uh, hit that bell notification. Check out all our episodes right here on YouTube or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast fix. And until then. No, we not until then. <laughs> we still have so much to go, good sir. We we still got all the social medias. We're on all the social medias. I love Ke- I love you, Heath. <laughs> I love you so much. And you forgot. We didn't even tell him what we were going to watch next week. No, nah, I was going to say, keep it a secret. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. God oh. damn it, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> no, next week we're actually watching a personal favorite, The Babadook. So... I've never seen the Babadook. You've n- nope. I've actually never seen it. I'm say I saved it for specifically for this podcast. What? I know of the Babadook. I know of the story of it. I'm, but actually watching it, I'm saving it for the podcast. Jay. Yeah. 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 No, it, it's it's such a good movie. It's directed by Jennifer Kent. Ooh. No, have we you get seen Jennifer's Body? Now we got Jennifer Kent. No, have you seen the Nightingale? Wait, what? Have you she seen the Nightingale? That? Yeah. Oh. You have you seen the Nightingale? Yes, I've actually seen the Nightingale. Yeah. No, oh. same director. This one came first, though. The Babadook came first. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. No, oh. See, I didn't know you didn't see the Babadook. Oh, oh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna I be fun. See, like, with everything with the Babadook, you know what? I'm going to save my opinions of the Babadook for whenever we actually watch it. Because Are you talking about where Netflix fucked up? <laughs> where the Babadook became a gay <laughs> icon? Yes, that's how I found no, the No, actually, I-, I love that. I genuinely love that. Because when you watch the movie, you're like, the fuck? <laughs> I am so excited to see a queer legend. <laughs> It just pop up from above. Like you're gonna watch the movie and go, "What the fuck was Netflix thinking? What in the what kind of gay shit is this?" And I'm gonna be here for it, just so you know, just so you know. Oh my god! But no, it's oh, <laughs> I can't believe you've never seen the Babadook. I have not, dude. I'm going through all my because I I know how you are with movies now. And I honestly don't think that we have watched a genuinely scary movie yet. I'm scared for you. I think the closest we've come is A Woman in Black. No, A Woman in Black was, it was pretty damn scary. Oh, this one's gonna be even worse. Oh, and it's animated too? It's not animated. It's not? No. No, it's not animated. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, I'm gonna shit my pants. If it's in a word, or in a look, you can't escape.
the Babadook. Ah! No, dude. I'm so excited for this. Oh, I am too. Oh my god, I'm gonna be watching you the whole time. Fuck the god. movie. <laughs> All right, so, so now. Until next time, I've been Heath. And I've been Jay. And you've been listening to Host, Host of, of Horrors. Horrors.